This episode sponsored by the Lodge Management Group. Wings and beer, almost as good as podcasts. That's why Chicago's Summer Wing Fest wants to give listeners a free t-shirt when they buy tickets with offer code PODCAST. Available at wingfest.net. Swear to God, this is the last time. This is it. this man. it. Hello, and thank you for calling Spirit Comcast. Your call is important to us. Please listen carefully to the following options so that we can best direct your call. For billing questions, press 1. To add new spiritual communication services to your package, press 2. <laughs> nope. If you're having difficulty speaking to the deceased, press 3. F*** this, I need to speak to an actual disincarnate voice. We understand that you'd like to speak to an operator. We just have a few questions in order to help us better guide your sir. In order to best direct your phone. We will connect you with an operator as soon as one is available. God. Thank you, you f***. Oh, God, I hate this song. Hi. Hi. Your call is important, and it will be answered in the order it was received. Stupid f***ing Spirit Comcast customer service. This is Ronnie. How can I help you? Hi. Thank you for picking up finally. Uh, I'm so happy to help. Okay, great. Look, um, I'm having so much trouble. I just... Mm -hmm. uh, What I can do is transfer you to our service department if you're having difficulty. No, 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 no. No, look, look. I mean, the service has been horrendous. It keeps going out. I've checked my ethereal net cable. It's everything's fine there. I Have just you tried I, turning it off and turning it back on, sir. Wow, what what a novel idea! Yes, I've tried that. Look, I just want to cancel. I'm done. Oh well, just please cancel my account. I would be happy to help you with that. I just want to know what we could do to improve this. I mean, if there's a problem with your service, sir, I would be more than happy to dispatch a technician to your home, or perhaps we can even talk about your current services no. package. No, 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 no. That's that. I don't. I don't want anything. To do with the account, I just I just want it done. I just just cancel it, please. Mm-hmm. Cancel, cancel, cancel. I'd be only too happy to help you with that, sir. Great. I am prepared to offer you six months of free EVP Go. No, no. Why would I take that? I I, I just get a password for my friends. I don't care. Well, sir, I just wanted to remind you that the new season of Shave and Bones, the skeletal erotic sex thriller, is just around the corner. And if you're a fan, EVP Go is the best way to watch. <laughs> can look any of that up at any time, I assure you. And no, before you ask, I am not a fan of Pooh Detective starring Sam Shreemy, okay? I just want to cancel my service, please. And I will be only too happy to process that for you. I do want to offer you another limited free offer, <sighs> three months of Scares, Ghost Time, and Cinemax, as no. well as the Haint Shopping Network. Why would I want the Haint? No, I, no, I don't want any of it, okay? Please. Listen to what I'm saying to I you. I bought my grandmother some crane janglers for her birthday, and she loved them. I, I oh. don't care. Great. Well, sir, I am... Good I am, for I, you and your f***ing family? Look, okay, sir, I don't I, think we need to swear. I am simply trying to help you to give you the best Spirit Comcast service that you can experience. You know how you can do that? 
I'll tell you, you don't even need one of those manuals. You don't need any training. You don't need anything. You, you talk to the to the customer here. I'll tell you how you can give me the greatest customer service ever. Sir, you've read my mind. I am prepared to give you six months of NFL, the Demonic Sports Network. That includes the Sunday Hinton ticket. <sighs> no, no, thank you. Just cancel my service. Well, sir, I've been doing this for a long time, and by reading between the lines, I think that you probably just want us to cancel your service. Wow. You are so insightful. Well, thank you very much, sir. We do strive to do our best. And while it does pain us deeply to lose you as a customer, seeing as how we do deal in the eternal communication between this world and the next, we're fairly confident at some point in the future you have the opportunity to try Spirit Comcast again. I highly doubt it. Besides, I'm going to take my business to Time Slip Warner anyway. Damn it! Fishy, fishy, fishy. Yeah, I I have dealt with customer service just like that. Yeah, was that funny? Did that was that picking at a, a psychic scar? <laughs> Did it hit a little too close right. to home? <laughs> yeah, no. You see, that's the thing. You can't quit the afterlife. We'll let you. Hey, everybody. I'm David Flora. I'm just psycho. I said that like I was drunk. I'm just psycho. Shut up. I'm sorry. I love you so much right now. Welcome to Larry Photos. <laughs> now I'm. Now I can do it too. Oh man. Hello and welcome to this, the undisclosed numbered episode. 119. 119? Yeah. Ooh. 20% yep. to a double hildo. Hope everybody's doing well. We have a good show for you. One of these days, let's just, let's just, just. Not eat. lie. Yeah. Let's just be like, uh, we got another sack of shit for your apple cart. <laughs> Hope you. <laughs> Hope you don't step in this episode because it'll stick in the little lines in your soles of your boot. This one might. Yeah. This one might, actually. No, this episode doesn't suck. We don't think any of them suck until we're done. That's when we know. <laughs> until I go back and listen to them and be like, why can't I think at all on my feet? Why am why, I such a Why did loser? we do an entire episode about the digital underground? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, know. I admire our uh, our stick to itiveness on that one. We really I, committed yeah. to, to to referencing the Humpty Dance as much as possible. Stay tuned for I like big butts. Oh yeah, next, little Sir Mix a lot. The, uh, I think we should do a Beastie Boys episode. That's just how I feel about it. <laughs> you know more Beastie Boys than I do, though. Yeah, maybe. For real. I mean, I probably because I'm I'm a really big fan. Yeah, I can. Recognize it. I, I can't quote it so well, but. Well, but yeah, but you knew Ludacris, so call it a wash. Tis true, my friend, and <laughs> mystical if you want to go that far. Oh, sh. Yeah, see. <laughs> the two songs that mystical. Released. <laughs> Danger! All right. Enough, enough of that. Yeah, well, Why are we getting into it to rap so much? That's what we do. Oh, it's time. It's time in the podcast. The time has come to discuss one of the scariest, most. <laughs> The yeah, the demon Crazy. knock knock knocking on the door of your freedom. <laughs> Liberty stealing, paranoia inducing, earthquake causing, hot hail falling, mind controlling, ionosphere weaponizing. Yeah, satellite killing, 
bird frying subject yeah of of the conspiracy sphere that's right tonight we're talking about farp the f is silent <laughs> that's one harp. thing about yeah harp which there's an f in there they just decided to skip it uh, oh i see where you i see yeah what you i see what you did. farp it's like herb in america yeah or herb everywhere else <laughs> or uh, yeah so harp harp uh two harp. a's my good man two a's harp the, and and this is uh this is this is gonna be a fun ride. So oh man, yeah, buckle in. in. Yep, well, it's gonna start in science. We're gonna in the high lofty orbit of science. Then we're gonna splash down in crazy town. <laughs> Hope that shoot. Yeah, works. We're, we're gonna generate a lot of heat, heat on reentry. Yeah. <laughs> Hope that heat shield doesn't crack. Yep. But uh, I, I got to tell you. Yeah, it's, I got to tell you, it's gonna be you, close. You skimped on the the <laughs> price of that heat shield. <laughs> <laughs> you had that outsourced. So we're gonna talk about what harp is. We're gonna talk about what the fuss is about with it, and um, what's the real deal, Holyfield. Whew, if you can get to that far. So let, let's start let's start nice and easy. Harp, the high frequency. See, I told you there's an F in there and they skipped it. That makes me crazy. The high frequency active auroral research project. Yup. Farp. And I'll tell you right now, I was telling Dave this earlier. There's a lot of information out there about this. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a lot of science out there. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that more on that in a minute, but I kind of reached my maximum overdrive with this. Yeah. See that, that is why this works so well as a, as a topic, because you've got on one hand, it is a, it is a, a very technical thing. Yeah. This array. I mean, it is and the science, like the things that it's trying to, to do research on are extraordinarily technical. Um, and there's, there's, it's, we're going to really, you're going to see us really stumble. We're going to have to unload a lot of pumpkins to explain what the fuck's going on here. So on one hand, very technical jargon, rich science, mm-hmm. which germinates the fungal spore pods of rampant speculation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, I mean, like it is dense and thick on the one hand, and it is dense and thick on the other. That's it, right. Like, and no the point, twain me. Yeah, at no point can you ride your bike through this field. Oh, oh man! I was telling Dave. Also, I ran on Saturday, which is like one of the hottest, most oh, yeah. sunny days uh, that we've had this summer. Summer, and I, I just, I likened it unto death. Oh. It was, it was running as if I were a, a corpse. It was, it was a nasty time and that's just kind of how this is too you run through the information at, at a very quick pace yeah. you get so It'll in over your you head. down yeah bog you down which by the way speaking of which extra briefly now there's there's no more chrono exclusion or confusion <laughs> i am officially in when you listen to this and when we record it back from ragbri yep it was a great week-long ride i had a ton of fun everybody's great i put blurry photos on the back of my bike had a lot of people ask me about it. Did you? Yeah, I handed out a lot of cards like while riding. I kept them in the little, you know, cycle jerseys has those, those uh-huh, pockets on uh-huh. the back. I kept a little stack of of um, somewhat damp cards there <laughs> and uh, handed those out to people. So maybe we'll get some some fun listeners out of that. But yeah, I mean, when you're riding a bike for seventy miles and somebody wants to talk to you about ghost stories or UFOs, like people are 
people are happy for the distractions. So that's great. So I hope uh, if any of you, uh, any of the nice folks I met on Ragbri are listening, welcome aboard. Yeah, welcome to Sweaty Photos. And if you, and if you, uh, if you did ride Ragbri, high five to you. Uh, and write me in next year, man. Let's, I, I think I can, I think I can convince Flora and his girlfriend <laughs> to do this with me next year. So we'll see. Yeah. I you don't guys, know if I want my nethers leather, everybody wants their nethers leathered one way or the other brother. <laughs> wow. it's a lot of rhymes. <laughs> okay. So that's it. That was the, the so, whole catch up thing. Cool. Harp. So we're going to try and get through a lot of information if we can. Uh, and also a lot of a lot just a lot of stuff we're we're definitely going to miss some stuff forgive us on that so as you said high frequency active auroral research project located in gakona alaska begun in 1993 the project was funded by the department of defense including the air force and navy and uh who else the Laura? university of alaska and um, no, that's, that's, oh, and a little organization called DARPA. Ever heard of it? Thundersound. Okay, so we got, we've got the Air Force, the Navy, the University, DARPA, the Rothschilds, the, the Gettys. Uh, everybody's involved in this thing, and it is located way out in the sticks in Alaska, Gakona, mm-hmm. not a tourist destination. And uh, I'll tell you just a, a quick rundown, just so that you understand how deep the grass is in this field, of uh, the uh, some of the constituent parts of the the harp array are a uh, an ionospheric research instrument, mm-hmm. high powered radio frequency transmitter. So far, so good. How about a VHF and UHF radar? Oh wow! And. If you have to go f- with the enchantment under the sea dance, a Fluxgate magnetometer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can slap that directly into a DeLorean and call it yep. done. Make sure you slip on that toilet and get your head on the sink. Yeah. A Fluxgate magnetometer, a Digisond, yeah. an induction magnetometer. I mean, blam. A lot of stuff goes into this. I I wanted I went through that entire list of components just so that I could say fluxgate magnetometer. <laughs> it's a great it's a great bullshit term as far great as I concerned. Stop. <laughs> Marty. The primary function of HARP now is is to be a scientific research program designed to study the ionosphere of the earth and its effects on communication. And this would include improvements to radio communications and surveillance tech, as well as gaining insight into a hard-to-study and little-known part of our planet's atmosphere. Uh, we'll get into uh, the details of, of atmosphere and the science behind this in a minute. Yeah, and that, we've, we've touched on that before about you know uh, shortwave radios mm-hmm. and, and ionospheric, ionospheric bouncing, things like that. These... Things that you that you just mentioned, the the gobbledygook that you that you just spat out. Oh, it's a fluxgate magnetometer, sir. I mean, you can't just go to radio shack and get one, but it's pretty important. Okay, fluxgate magnetometer to chart variations in the Earth's magnetic field. An induction magnetometer measures the changing geomagnetic field in ultra low frequency range. A digisond provides ionospheric profiles for frequency adjustments, and the most well known set of equipment there. The Ionospheric Research Instrument, which is a 33-acre field with 180 high-frequency antennas, each 72 feet tall, with a maximum transmission power of 3,600 kilowatts. 
This is I'm about. I'm sorry. S- are, you, are you asleep yet? No, 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 no. We have made far too many Back to the Future references for you to just. Oh no, no, I'm not. No kilowatts. Okay, I we'll get there. Okay, all right. Check out the life preserver. Dorm <laughs> thinks he's going to drown. <laughs> kilowatts. Uh, with, this is about seventy-five times the power of a commercial radio station. The ionospheric research instrument is used to energize a small portion of the ionosphere for a short time. The whole facility is powered by five 2,500-kilowatt generators driven by diesel locomotive engines. Now, due to its rather remote location, military and government involvement, and deeply mysterious scientific blib-blab, Harp has been at the center of conspiratorial controversy since the first antenna went up. Yep. It has been claimed that Harp is actually a weapon of great destructive potential, <laughs> a weather control device, a catastrophe machine, <laughs> something that causes earthquakes, hurricanes, floods, storms, droughts. Not since the random event generator has has one device so held the world in its terrible thrall. (laughs) And if that's not enough for you, it's even a mind control device. Ah, ah, I want to want to kick this turkey now. (laughs) I mean, they had to start out turkey kicking turkey kicker. Uh, And of course, there's the Tesla connection. Oh, yeah. Which is our. 80s cover band. Yeah. Oh, I like that. <laughs> uh, defenders of harp and conspiracists alike try to use all the scientific knowledge they have to prove what the project really is and why it's helpful or harmful to humanity. Harmful. <laughs> I have, I've decided. I think it's harmful. So how about we get into uh, bed with this thing? Mm. I'm going to start by I'm not going to finish explaining the ionosphere. We we're going to keep throwing this around, so we might as well tell you what it is. Earth has an atmosphere comprised of layers, and going from surface to space, the layers are the troposphere, the stratosphere, mesosphere, thermosphere, and exosphere. And the ionosphere is the region comprised of the thermosphere and parts of the mesosphere and exosphere. So the ionosphere is not an actual layer. It's kind of like uh, these, these few layers towards the top of it. It's so named because it's the part of the atmosphere that is ionized by solar radiation to a near plasma state and forms the inner edge of the magnetosphere it's also used to bounce radio waves across the planet. It's about 46 to 621 miles, 75 to 1,000 kilometers above the Earth's surface. We currently have pretty limited understanding of this layer, in large part because it's in a part of the atmosphere that's a pain in the ass to get to. The air density makes it too thin to fly balloons to and too thick for satellites to fly through. HARP sought to use its array of antenna to direct a 3.6 megawatt high-frequency signal into a small patch of the the ionosphere, thereby exciting the ionized particles and heating up that patch of sky. 
The effects are then observed and measured, and the goal is to advance the study of basic natural processes that occur in the ionosphere under the natural but much stronger influence of solar interaction and how the natural ionosphere affects radio signals. Dave, break that down for me into stuff that I can eat like a <laughs> nice devil food cake. Let me cut that steak in a little bit. <laughs> yes, please. Um, okay, so the, the ionosphere is something that it dramatically affects us even now. Um, it is. It comes down to how radio signals propagate, both uh, AM and FM signals. It's how ham operators can talk to people around the world. They're literally bouncing their signal off the ionosphere to get around the curvature of the Earth. But there's a lot we don't know, especially about how um, high-energy uh, solar wind particles interact with our atmosphere and change. You know, we, every ham operator knows that sometimes you'll just, you know, you could be sitting in Dubuque, Iowa and get a lovely town, by the way, a lovely town, gorgeous houses, (laughs) gorgeous houses. And suddenly you're getting a signal from Nova Seabursk. You're getting signal from, uh, you know, Papua New Guinea. You're getting uh, like a radio signal. You shouldn't be getting is just coming in clear as a bell for, you know, 10 minutes, two hours. Who's to say there's a lot of variability. And that's what this is studying. How, how, how does uh, the solar wind and high energy uh, particles affect the ionosphere and how does that affect our communications? Is that something that we can use to our advantage? Will it, can we say um, deliberately affect a portion of the ionosphere to maximize radio signal carrying? You know, can we, can we use, I mean, being able to control that, would usher in a whole new, cause right now ham operators, it's just, you know, it's just dudes who like to talk to strangers. You know, the internet soaked up a lot of that market share, sure. but there's some guys that just like to do it radio style. And, and for the most part, we don't use that system of communication as much, mm-hmm. but being able to, con- to not only understand, but to control and predict and manipulate the, uh, the, the ability of the ionosphere to, to bounce radio signals accurately. That would be a huge, huge deal. That would that would be a big change for communications. We could use radio signals much more um, uh, readily, more efficiently, and over much greater distances than we do now. Yep. It would, and so I, I, it's 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 worthwhile research. It, it it matters, and that should improve the reliability or performance of communication and navigation systems, which would have a a wide range of both civilian and military uses, of course, Mm -hmm. such as an increased accuracy of GPS navigation Yep, and advances in underwater and underground research and applications. Ultimately, they want to improve submarine communication methods and maybe be able to penetrate the ground with a type of radar to see mineral content or maybe underground complexes. Think oil pockets. I'm thinking um, sub uh, sub ice Antarctic predator training temples filled with uh, alien eggs. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But you know, I guess yours is good too. <laughs> Mine's where the money is, bro. Oh, really? Like, like what would yours you- is where they should be looking? <laughs> Mine's where the what money would you is. rather have? A hundred thousand dollars or a shoulder mounted tracking laser? Hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> Sorry, son, that would solve a lot of problems for yeah, me. <laughs> now you've got a smoking hole where your chest used to be, and I'll take that briefcase. Wait, you never said that if I chose the money, everybody else would have shoulder-mounted lasers. 
That was a good one. You didn't even have to gear up for it. Yeah. Usually I have to like, uh, I don't know if we edit that or not, but I usually have to like ramp that for like seven <laughs> yeah, seconds. You're like, oh. And then I get into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's already dense. You can already start smelling how dense uh, this cookie is. But, yeah. you know, the metaphor, the scientific smelling research. how dense this cookie is. <laughs> Sniff it. <laughs> I could, it could be worse. Man, I feel so bad about the all the errors I, I left in the, the Revolutionary War Ghost episode. And, no way. It was, it was a thing of art. I want a t-shirt with you and a chef's hat opening an oven that just says, smell this cookie. <laughs> You're gross. <laughs> <That's> gross. <laughs> I think smell it's Smell how great. thick this cookie yeah. is. Oh, man. How dense this You smelling this dense cookie? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of those like 50s looking jo- yeah, exactly. cartoon drugs. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so all this scientific research it sounds great right oh my gosh improve communications talk to submarines they're great oh, submarines and and people and GPS being able to find like if I had my if if I was out on the run that's a thing when I've been running and this is this is my little diatribe thank you for listening I get so pissed off when I don't get my full amount of, of miles that my phone or my my friggin' first world watch is supposed to track. Uh-huh. It thinks I've cut through a, a section of, of the park or something that I have it, it like you. It's impossible to 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 go through unless you're like Jesus. And like, well, Jesus was really known for. That's why he's not allowed to run marathons. He got busted for cutting the track. Yeah, I'm all for GPS improvement. Whatever. Uh, all right. This wow. It's it's even lamer than I thought it was going to be going into it. But why is it being done by the military? Oh, really? Some folks argue that the U.S. military wants to exploit the ionosphere for offensive and defensive purposes. The list of possible militaristic capabilities that have been put forward by some conspiracists includes... Oh, God. Take a deep breath. If you guys have to pee, do it right now. If you need water, get that now because this will go on for a while. Harp being used as a tool to replace... The electromagnetic pulse effect of atmospheric thermonuclear devices, mm-hmm. providing a way to wipe out communications over an extremely large area, detecting low-level aircraft and missiles, and even being able to distort or control the course of some rockets and missiles. Yep. Uh, here's some other things that it's that people have accused it of being able to do. How about cause earthquakes? World leaders have accused HARP of causing earthquakes, L- laser weaponization, uh, how about a, a satellite destruction system, missile shield, uh, psychic brain attack weapon, <laughs> uh, I think we mentioned mind control already. Uh, literally anything you can think of, someone has accused HARP of doing that thing. It's pretty pretty much it. Puppy, and- puppy cannons. <laughs> Death by Golden Grams. Uh, setting fire to cookie dough. Yeah, setting fire to cookie dough. Rendering all of Tokyo unable to drift. <laughs> and bring that city to its knees. Leaving the fury, but removing the ability to go fast. <laughs> insidious. <laughs> Creating another insidious movie. Yeah. Ooh, nice. Uh, well, that's all well and good. But the problem is no one knows if any of that shit will work. And there is fear that messing with the planet's giblies like that spells certain doom one way or the other. Well, you got to rustle them. That's how you know they're sensitive. 
Some of the paranoia comes from the findings of a man by the name of Nick Begich Jr. <laughs> you heard it as well as me. Nick Begich Jr. Uh, son of the late Congressman Nick Begich and his <laughs> brother to former Senator Mark Begich of Alaska. In his book, Angels Don't Play This Harp, Nick says the ideas of the project were begun by a company called Arco Power Technologies Incorporated, or, or APTI, a subsidiary of Atlantic Richfield Company, one of the biggest oil companies in the world. So Apti, big you've never heard of it. Right. APTI was the con- contractor that built the HARP facility. Arco sold this subsidiary, its patents, and the second phase construction contract to E-Systems in June 1994. E-Systems is one of the biggest intelligence contractors in the world doing work for the C- doing work for the CIA defense intelligence organizations and others and 1.8 billion of their annual sales are to these organizations with uh, 800 million for black projects projects so secret even the United States Congress isn't told how the money's being spent E-Systems. What kind uh, of projects? Oh, oh black, black projects. Bam, blam. <laughs> oh, black projects. Bam, blam. E-Systems was bought, bought out by Raytheon, which is one of the largest defense contractors in the world. In 1994- I used Ra- to work for Raytheon. Raytheon. Yeah, I, I know a guy that works for Raytheon, too. Uh, was listed as number 42 on the Fortune 500 list of companies. Raytheon has thousands of patents, some of which will be va- valuable in the Heart Project Bernard J. Eastland's U.S. patent number 4,686,605. Microwave oven? Method and apparatus for altering a region in the Earth's atmosphere, ionosphere, and or magnetosphere was sealed for a year under a government secrecy order. That's all from Nick Begich Jr. Nice. In his book. Oh, that's a, that's a lot of a lot of pins on the old corkboard there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they cover a lot of a uh, lot of territory. And I'll tell you what, if you want to look for a company to pick on, you pick on Raytheon. You'll never run out of shit to find that's so weird about that. It's everywhere, right? It is. You know, I was in a weird point. Um, so Michael Moore's movie Bowling for Columbine. Uh, I I I think we've talked about this before. I don't personally disagree with with a lot of of michael moore's opinions i think the way he goes about it is just the worst stupidest thing on earth and for that reason i don't i'm not a fan of the guy but i think fun you know if you just like write down a checklist of things that he believes i you know i I think i probably agree with more than disagree fun fact my uncle sued him and won really yeah he was uh my uncle was in roger and me and uh did not because my uncle and michael moore they're both from flint michigan they went to school together didn't work out well. Didn't work out. Neither here nor there. Huh. Uh, but in his movie Bowling for Columbine, he you know he goes on this little tour of, of Denver, Colorado, and and uh, and Littleton, where the where the Columbine shooting was, and it's just just sloppy work. Um, for example, he goes to the Lockheed Martin test facility, which is a a big design and test facility. It's where they um, uh, design booster rockets, um, and he says Lockheed Martin, you know, a major weapons designer now granted lockheed martin does does make weapon systems that's not inaccurate but like he just didn't do any research <laughs> and so like his the whole point is that oh there's this weapons thing right by uh, the school the school what he never figured out is and i know this because i had friends that worked there and i went there and did this 
in the middle of the Lockheed Martin campus, which is secured is a giant gun range. And the employees just go there and shoot guns. Like it's this huge gun range right in the middle of, they just built it into the whole thing. Hmm. Would have been a pretty cool thing for him to figure out. But what I, what I couldn't understand is that the, this Lockheed Martin, this specific specific facility was a booster rockets, but just down good old Arapahoe road. I mean like 15, 20 minutes, depending on when you do it from Columbine high school is Raytheon and Raytheon makes missile guidance. I mean, Raytheon both hands in the blood bucket. If you're looking for a weapons designer, like, I mean, they, they also, they did invite the microwave oven. They invented the microwave oven. So good for them. Um, and is, they, they were actually my employer when I worked in Antarctica was Raytheon polar services was, was who my paychecks came from. But yeah, the huge weapon designer, not a mention in the movie. It always bothered me. Huh. It's no Blackwater. Is that what the Blackwater is? A, it's a military contractor kind of thing. They right? are a security contractor. They are actual like guys with guns. They don't, they don't like design. Right. Equipment it's not like or, that, but it's, it's, could you say it's akin to Stark Industries? Yes. Yeah. There you go. Yes. So if you're if you're an Iron Man fan, yeah, this is a a much less inspired, yeah, but yes, man, sorry, sorry, it's thick. I, I take <laughs> little bites. Doctor Eastland's patent can be found online. Now this is a real quick refresher since um, Bernard Eastland, his patent number four million Ghibli block. His patent can be found online. Some people call it the Harp patent. But it's a little different than what actually got built. He wanted to use the abundant natural gas in Alaska to generate electricity to point into the ionosphere in order to change it to affect an array of possibilities. It could also change the concentrations of gases in a particular region of the atmosphere, say to help the ozone or or help global warming. This has led to speculation of weather manipulation by some folks. Oh, yeah. Don't, if you don't like the way the weather's working in one part of the world, why don't you bounce some high-frequency waves up, direct them where you want to go, and boom, molecular changes equals superstorms, droughts, tornadoes, hurricanes, whatever you want. Oh, oh. Uh, the facility can produce VLF and ELF radio waves, very low-frequency and extremely low-frequency radio waves which are helpful for submarine communication, mostly only for data transmission. But in the case of ELF waves, they're generated naturally by lightning. Uh, According to the website climateviewer.com, ELF waves are not normally noticed by the unaided senses, yet their resonant effect upon the human body has been connected to both physiological disorders and emotional distortion. Infrasound vibration up to 20 hertz, can subliminally influence brain activity to align itself to delta, theta, alpha, or beta wave patterns, inclining an audience toward everything from alertness to passivity. Yeah! Infrasound can be used tactically as ELF waves endure for great distances. We've talked about infrasound before. I think so, and it could be used in conjunction with media broadcasts as well. Infrasound booms yes uh trumpeting also on the possible list in dyatlov town oh 
That's right. Yeah, but that's uh, that's as far as I'm going with it. Yeah, but we can't. We got to save that because yep. I, I we've, yep, yep, we've yep. got a. I'm just just putting it out there, just sprinkling that on the cupcake. We've got a card up our sleeve. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, I haven't looked at it. It could be an ace. It could be a two. <laughs> it could be a quark. Could be a quark. Could be a pentaquark in a, in an invisibility I cloak. Thought it was an ace. Oh man, it's, it's so dumb. Man, I'm aces. Go. Aces would have been awesome. Aces. Look at this proton. It's made of aces. Pentace. Sport. Pentace. <laughs> anyway. It is believed that ELF waves can be directed over a large area in order to influence the behavior of the population. Uh, this includes causing hormonal imbalances and according... Oh, man! <laughs> <laughs> turning everyone into shaggy. Uh, and according to some <laughs> straight-up mind control, interestingly... I found this little nugget. OSHA.gov has a small article. OSHA is the um, Occupational Safety Hazard Administration, whatever. Yep. Has a small article article about ELF radiation stating, quote, extremely low frequency fields includes alternating current fields and other electromagnetic non-ionizing radiation from 100 hertz to 300 hertz. ELF fields at 60 hertz are produced by power lines, electrical wiring, and electrical equipment. Some epidemiological studies have suggested increased cancer risk associated with magnetic field exposures near electric power lines. There are currently no specific OSHA standards that address ELF fields, end quote. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> that's, that, that's that kind of running, you know, oh, those kids underneath power lines, are they going to be all right? I you know I don't know I mean I thought thing. it was interesting it was people, on yeah, the OSHA website say your your cell phone gives you brain cancer yeah you know there's there's a there's a lot of concern but I don't think there's a lot of good science about that out well there. this presupposes you understand the hurts that are coming out of your wall that are over your head that you know like, like the hurts coming out of my fist yeah <laughs> mother licka bam the hurts locker. <laughs> Um, burned it. It's all right. I got some more. So, so here we go. I'm putting Dave to sleep. By the way, he is. Oh, he is, he's out. I was, I was rolling my neck on my shoulders. <laughs> Dave, Dave works all day, and then he comes. I do too. But sometimes the only time we have to to record is banging on the wee hours door. Oh, you know what though? It's great because this when we get weird. <sighs> See also the last episode of Bullstone. Jeez, That's, that was that was. Uh, at least on my end of the table, that was a chemical-free bullstone. I was not even drinking. And That's I got, true. We got weird. That's very true. I I was on the very other end of the spectrum. Well, that's what that's what yin and yang is about. I'm the somber <laughs> yin to your impetuous yang. Listen to how he pronounces that too. I'm proud of him. Shut just, up. Just the way you're supposed to. You're the worst. Namaste, <laughs> mother liquor. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. Some people believe harp. Directs electro. We're almost there. We're almost there. <laughs> Believe Harp directs electromagnetic waves onto the population to incite a number of other physical conditions, including, but not limited to, muscle and joint aches, tinnitus, clicking sounds in the head, vibrations, and other things. That's also believed, which you just mentioned, to be the cause of the mysterious hums and sky trumpets. Yep. How about that? Sh- that's the government's $30 billion boom box. Wow. <laughs> 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 uh, well, I, I guess we can touch on that in a minute, but 
if we forget, I'll just say it now that I think we did throw something like that out there in the Unexplained Sounds episode. Yeah. Where it's like something resonating through the ionosphere. Yeah, I know that harp came up in that episode briefly. Yeah, um, I think that every now and then we'll it'll it'll surface, but this is the first time we've actually managed to drag it out of the water and onto the boat. <laughs> the boat's the podcast. The water is stuff we don't talk about. <laughs> Keep going. What's the line? What's well, the, the, line? the motor. Who's Richard Dreyfus. The motor. Richard Dreyfus is Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> the motor on the boat is our curiosity. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And the look, what's the harpoon gun? The harpoon. The, the harpoon the gun is our is our intellect. What's uh, yeah? Yeah, it's what we use to to bring these ideas into the boat. I see. I see. Yeah, and there's the no catch and release. We research, eat it. We, we, we eat everything we catch. That's right. All of it. Delicious. Be, beak and everything. <laughs> we should. We should. We should. We have really strong fingernails. We should fish in a cleaner lake because no, these fish shouldn't have beaks, but they do. <laughs> that's that's a red flag. God, fish are disgusting. <laughs> God, they're disgusting. What? Oh, they're so gross, especially the ones with teeth. Yeah, the yeah, the ones with teeth are disturbing to look at. Ugh. Harp, also, supposedly, like you said at the beginning, an earthquake machine. Oh, yeah. Hi-o. Do you know who thought that? Uh, in 2010, the uh, president of Venezuela, Hugo Chavez. Uh, following the their big earthquake in 2010, said, you know, I know who did it. U.S. did it with HARP. They did that to us with their earthquake machine. So apparently the ground-penetrating waves used to detect these oil pockets and minerals and underground blah, 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 if focused and powerful enough, can apparently incite tectonic activity. Well, I mean, I I don't think that's wrong i don't i just feel like that's sort of inaccurate i mean the whole tectonic activity is pent up uh energy and pressure from two plates so if you have something that's vibrating those plates yeah that will have an effect does that mean that you could i mean so it has i I suppose the best it could be is a trigger Mm. but if you're shooting it at at a fault that has no pressure on it. Maybe there's, you know, recently relieved or it just hasn't built much up. That's not going to do anything that will have no effect. And not to tip our hat, but the amount of, of milady, milady, energy, the amount of energy that's, that's produced the amount the, the frequency of waves. It's just, it's not cutting it for, for something like that. Yeah. Yet. Or, or is it? So we'll get there. One more thing. Some people have linked Harp to some quotes by our friend Nikola Tesla. Speaking of the future of weaponry and civilization, and even that this may be his famously so-called death ray that he never wanted to develop. Right. We talked about that. When the government apparently raided his New York apartment upon his death, the plans for such a device, or maybe the beginnings of the plans, were found and developed into what's in Alaska right now. Now, uh, for our astute listeners um, and those people that I always feel like I owe an apology to, there was like, I just listened to the whole catalog. I'm going to start over again. Thank you. Thank you. It's yeah. just, that's Thank just you. a I'm lot. I'm sorry. Of, Thank you. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, those those plants, I mean, as we said in our Tesla episode, one of our first episodes ever. Second. Third. Second, was it second, third? Second. Third. Top second, five. Top five. Second. Third, first five. First three. Uh, neither here nor there. Moral of the story is when he died. Yes, his offices were raided, and a lot of his research was taken and never released. Right. And there is a 
presumption that there was a death rate involved in that in that research, but uh, not really proven already. Yeah, and you know how you know on because we're of the, still alive. Yeah, on the count of we're still shooting rockets from drones. If we could put a death ray on a drone, we'd have done it. We wouldn't even. We, we would put a death ray in Annapolis and and just sat back and just shot it off. Oh yeah. For there would be Fourth no other July. country. Yeah, there'd be no other country. It's like, who do you feel like f***ing up today? Sudan? Okay. Yeah. Bagang, 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 bagang. That's a death ray sound. Well, case, what about, what about Mexico? Well, Mexico gave already gave in three months ago. It's now known we as- We already have their food. <laughs> it's, our, it's now known as Montana. <laughs> it's our 51st state. <laughs> 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 One <laughs> Tana. <laughs> Pedro, Oklahoma. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So no no death ray right I'd now. I'd prefer Huli, Oklahoma. <laughs> okay. Okay, you got it. <laughs> you got it. No, we're both <laughs> sitting here trying to think of more Mexican name slash states. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I will. I will. I have to say that uh, the, the name Montana. I, I, I cheated a little bit. I had that in my head already. I was last week on the bike ride. My my friend Matt. It's got two daughters that are five and two, and we were talking about how you know you don't necessarily have to give your kids correct information. <laughs> and I made up this whole story that he very well might tell his children about how the the current United States are just the fifty states that are left. Of the original 63 when Godzilla arose from the ocean, <laughs> destroying the... That's why the, the flag's got 13 stripes, you know, it's, it, to, to commemorate the loss of <laughs> the 13 West Coast states that, that Godzilla stomped beneath the, into the ground and yeah. under the waves. Amongst them were Montana, <laughs> um, Hawaii, California. <laughs> <laughs> The road that connected. The yeah, we, we made up a whole bunch of things. I was like, I don't know. Just tell your daughters that Godzilla just destroyed the West Coast in the early 50s. That California used to be very thoroughly inland. It used to be the Colorado of, of the country. <laughs> I've got three more for you. Okay. North Pakoda, <laughs> Maria Zona, <laughs> and Utaco. <laughs> Utaco. All right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so... How about we we finally get into just talking about you know the crazy? Is it time for the crazy yeah, let's, sauce? Let's get into the crazy sauce. Oh I mean, my god, we, let me open this, this great big drum of crazy dressing for our crazy salad with crazy croutons and craisins. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Need a little sweet with that savory. Need a little sweet. Um, it's not a crazy salad without craisins. <laughs> We we've goosed the hind end of of, of crazy so far in, yeah. in this one and and if you've yeah if you've got craziness unleash the beast because I'm I'm kind of ready to to get into some of that and then and then just see if if we can actually have actually have some true science debunking to do now I'll tell you okay well let's kick this off and uh, because I just cannot wait and I'm so excited and and we have friends. We have we have warriors. In fact, yeah. I would go so far since they have informational such warriors. Yeah, they they are girding their loins with with the knowledge of power. Oh, they are, and their loins are so thoroughly girded. Uh, according to Infowars.com. Oh, Infowars. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the informational warriors I takes didn't know too there long was a to website. say. There's a war on for your mind. Oh, shit. that's I. 
I just said that. I forgot that that's the actual tagline for the website. Yep. As you said you that, I like that. I, I'm holding You're my right. tablet and I looked and I was like, Geek. subliminal. Yeah. Well, I listen to this. I do. I listen to InfoWars like on Saturdays while I'm dicking around in my house because <laughs> who wouldn't? Oh, I'm riding. I'm okay. I am. Uh, oh, this was a week ago today. I'm riding between uh, Fort Dodge and Cedar Falls, Iowa. And I hear these guys behind me going, I don't know, man. It's just like people in Texas. They're, they're up in arms about something. They think the government's going to put them all in camps because the, the government's got like some operation called like, uh, like rock helmet or something. And I like hit the brakes and slide back to him. I was like Jade Helm. And the guy's like, that's it. And I had a 45 minute discussion explaining what Operation Jade Helm is, why everyone was flipping out about it and everything, gave them some cards. They're like, how do you know about this? And I was like, I actually have a podcast, and that's this is what we talk about. This is what we do. And uh, and he's like, really? I was like, yeah, I'm so glad that I was eavesdropping on you guys. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so InfoWars uh, wants us to know that um, officials down, this is a quote, officials downplayed the facility as a, pure basic or exploratory research working with the uh, University of Alaska. Yet the United States Air Force, Navy and DARPA scientists populate the remote site. Coincidence? I think not. Weather weapons have been considered by the elite as a potential tool for control. Now I like this. This is like bold, like a subject header. Sure. Nothing, nothing beyond that. They don't come back to that again. They just move on. I just wanted you to know that, that that's possible. What percentage of that article is written in capital letters? Uh, here, here's here's a great list. Uh, let's consider some recent events that might suggest HARP has achieved its full, its full operational potential as a weapon that can be accurately directed to a given target if geopolitical masterminds give the order. How about the Venezuela drought, the Pakistan floods, the Russian heat wave, and, and f- California? Yeah, that's right, and freak U.S. storms. Now, this is from 2010, so this is you know pretty dated as far as uh, hot button issues. Uh, yeah, so the and this and that this is just one of well, I think I got four things here. Let's see, some of these are very recent. One of these is uh, one of these articles is just from two weeks ago because uh, well, we should have mentioned this sooner, ladies and gentlemen. The threat of HARP may have already passed because it is no longer a military facility. It has been handed over to uh, non-military civilian as a, a civilian research facility. They've, they've, they've kind of shut harp down as an ongoing DARPA government project. And now it's now they're just letting the regular rank and file eggheads run the joint. They, and that, that transfer happened last year. Now, while, while they're still using it, it's just as much of an ongoing threat, but now it's just uh, uh, regular scientists who get to uh, trigger earthquakes in countries they don't like. Or if they can't, you know, maybe their girlfriend broke up with them. And so they're like, well, now I've got these tickets to sandals. And unless there's an earthquake, I have to, you know, I'm on the hook for them. So sorry. Sorry, Mexico. They they were citing lack of funding for shutting down, too, yeah. by the way. It, it, the shutdown began. And lack of, uh, lack of uh, volcanoes. They wanted more of those. They, if you can't raise a volcano, what are you doing? <laughs> the shutdown came in like 2014 and mm-hmm. officially shut down 2015 because they were betwixt contractors as it will. And, um, I don't know. I, so is it saying that, uh, civilian contractors actually did pick it up or 
Uh, is it just that it, it shut down Bagoo? This one is just just that the government is ending its direct involvement and it's hand, handing over to a civilian. Um, but the research continues. Uh, I don't even think it'd be largely changed. It's just, you know, the government's like, why are we footing the bill for all this? when yeah. these guys want to do it anyway. So sorry, that wasn't as crazy, but that was a little fun factoid that, uh, that we, we missed earlier. So if you really want to know what's going on, you gotta, you, and we all do. You gotta ask, do. you gotta ask the Oracle who Yahoo answers. So, uh, let's ask Yahoo answers. Is harp real? Uh, how the, is Barry formed? The answer is yes. Oh, uh, just look up is all they're spraying as we speak harp and the U S government think we are all a bunch of dumbasses and don't see the little sneaks harp controls every bit of our weather. Now droughts floods right where we want them. My only question is how much do they pay the pilots to kill humans with their toxic crap every single day in every single state? Yeah. So that's, yeah. So there's, there's, um, there's uh that's what harp is. Okay. I don't even know why we do any research. Why don't we just go straight to this? Okay. Let's ask another question. Is harp causing all these earthquakes and tornadoes? The answer is yes. I would see that as a definite possibility for those who don't believe that something is going on behind our backs. Research chemtrails. Oh, you don't have to. We did it for you. You're welcome. Right. I love you so much. Listeners. Something is definitely going on. When was the last time you saw a clear day? It's been at least a month in Virginia. <laughs> what? Yeah. <sighs> oh, Even if there are just a few clouds, they've always been over or around the sun. The sky seems to have a permanent haze, which is weird for spring. Something is up. It's easier for people to deny things like this than to accept the fact that a big event is going to change our world. Yeah, it is easier. <laughs> that is the easier route. I agree with that. But we can't hide our heads in the ground forever. Research for yourself. They won't tell us anything. Who? They. Oh, that's right. It's a capital T-H-E-Y, bruh. Sorry, I didn't scream it. I should have so that you knew what was going on. So, so I mean, it doesn't, at the end of the day, you get to blame Harp for whatever you want. It is obviously in bed with chemtrails. Um, lots of people had lots of questions about the uh, the Japanese earthquake that led to the damage of the Fukushima nuclear facility but man <laughs> the wait yeah you're trying to tell me the harp called katrina and sandy man. man you can keep your high frequency research facility uh all right so let's let's go down the list here a little bit uh dr eastland we'll talk yep. about this dude made his, up name his patent was for a much more powerful array Number one, uh, one million times more powerful than what was built, and the design doesn't match Harp at all. Harp's antenna are on a rectangle, 1,000 feet at the longest side, and his patent was for a 14-mile side Whoa. array. Dr. Eastland also apparently left uh, Apti before the project af- actually began. He's he's spoken on it. He's he's yeah. still involved uh, a little bit. That's not that's not huge. Well, Harp isn't exactly a secret. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh You didn't need security clearance to go and look at it. Yeah, back when can, it was, you can tell by the huge number of photographs available of it. Sure. And Harp has held open houses during uh, it, its its its. 
20-year tenure. I think you mean open indoctrinations. Where people could see everything there. The universities that have participated in HARP research, as we said, the University of Alaska was in there. Uh, Also, MIT was in on it. Stanford, uh, Dartmouth, University of Massachusetts. The Colonel. Um, Uh, a, lo- a lot of uh, quite a few universities in in there, and um, a big one, a big a big point, which could go in either camp. There are several other similar research stations around the world. Yep, there's the Sura facility in Russia, uh, ICECAT, which is the European Incoherent Scatter Scientific Association in Norway. Which they're all scat men out that's, there. That's a gobbledygook if I ever tasted one. Don't, that one, don't try not to taste their scat. That one there, I scat. I scat. I taste. I scat. <laughs> <laughs> but here we go. You've waited for it, Dave. I haven't been waiting. That one, the one in Norway, can transmit over one gigawatt. Oh, finally. I've been waiting very patiently for that. Yeah. Uh, the Arecibo Observatory in Puerto Rico and the Hippos observatory near fairbanks in alaska operated Mm -hmm. by ucla Uh, however should be noted um i like to throw this out there the body himself jesse ventura denied entry there on his show even after a formal request and then showing up there well that's because he didn't do much to stop the predator last time he was in south america so they didn't they didn't care yeah they didn't want him he was a scrub have you seen that episode by the way what of Jesse Ventura's show? I haven't seen any episodes of it. Really? Yeah. Okay. The ionosphere isn't connected to the troposphere or the stratosphere where uh, weather occurs. Plus, those layers can't absorb the frequency of energy harp transmitted. A professor from Stanford is quoted as saying, "There's absolutely nothing we can do to disturb the Earth's weather systems, even though the power harp radiates is very large." It's minuscule compared to the power of a lightning flash, and there are 50 to 100 lightning flashes every second. Harp's intensity is very small. That's true. I mean, we know the exact intensity of a lightning flash at 1.21 gigawatts. And that's not even to mention the sun's energy that's pouring into there every every day. And Technically, blah, 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 blah. it's gigawatts. I think that Doc yeah. Brown may have just, may have just read the script and gone with it. <laughs> sure, sure. Potato, potato. Uh, ELF waves it generates are apparently more than 11 million times weaker than the Earth's background field and over a million times weaker than reported biological effects. Yeah, that's a million times weaker, folks. Do the math. No, don't do it. That's a dumb amount of math. The conspiracy works on the same level, like you said, that the chemtrail one does. In fact, many think they are part and parcel. You got... uh, um, Spraying crap in the air and yep. mind control from a uh, death ray beam antenna array. Some Chemtrails say set it up. Harp, harp knocks, knocks it down. down. Some say they are abandoning this plant that, that they're giving it over to whoever wants to buy it in order to build a bigger one elsewhere. Uh, the operative word being where. Yeah. And there, and you're not allowed to ride on its swing set or that they figured out how to make it mobile. Mobile harp. Oh my god, they've been hiding it in plain sight. It's 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 Lollapalooza. <laughs> oh. Uh so here's something to think about. If it were a super weapon, 
Dave, how would it lose funding? Right. Well, I mean, or you say, well, now it's got to move underground because we've done such a good job of blowing the lid off it. There you go. Relocate it. Of course, people can say it's a smokescreen or disinformation to cover up what's really happening, or even that the real base is underground there in Gakona. The area that's affected or heated up by pointing these things up in in the air is very small on the large scale. When you you Mm -hmm. think of the, the Earth's surface and the atmosphere... You can find maps showing a comparison of the area that's affected and the rest of the region, not even the whole of Alaska, and it's just this tiny little, like, coming up. Yeah. I I mean, I I know that the people working there love hearing these stories, and they joke all through lunch about, oh, what petty dictator's day can we ruin? Who's who's having an outdoor polo tournament? (laughs) Of course, one of the big big claims is scientists don't know what's going to happen. When they when they shoot this stuff up and and that's horrible for humanity and the planet and this and that, should that stop them from trying to find out? I don't think so. No, me neither. I already had my big tirade about uh, progress requires risk. You you heard it. <laughs> Cut it. Paste it. Send it to your grandma. Just just because we don't know what's going to happen, why even do any science at all? Right, right, and that's the thing. Like you. I have a hard time understanding why it is people latched onto harp so hard. There are so many very boring atmospheric research bases that, that, that are doing, you know, similar research that, you know, other places on the planet, like we said, the look of it, like, I think it must be the first one that yeah. got out there photo photograph wise. Maybe. Yeah. I, I just don't, I don't, I don't know why it, and, and, and because there isn't a, a very easily broken down answer as to what it is they are doing. So people are like, oh, well, if it's hard to understand that, let me, let me just fill in all of it mm-hmm. with my idea of what would be cool. Plus the, I mean, you, if you've gotten this far in the episode, you heard all that gobbledygook that was like the high frequency, low, very low frequency. Oh like, Yeah. The Magnaflux gignotometer? Right. That's a the, real thing. The Gambit ro- Rogue <laughs> storm, storm Eater? Yeah. And and some people claim that uh, there's this vibrational frequency of the Earth and brainwaves are constantly being messed with by electromagnetic interference or background noise from our current technological state, and it affects people's moods and demeanors negatively. Part of that, a lot of that, actually, I can appreciate to a certain extent because when you get to a place where there's no electricity there's no technology there's no refrigerators running cars you know like are you talking about in the in in, in a dark future or just the regular past i'm talking about right now going out to a a a non-urban environment okay getting out and and away from things Mm mm-hmm and there's nothing there's nothing around you you can hear the the silence mm-hmm. it's it, it's it's a huge difference like actually uh Nick Begich in in a video that i watched uh brought up a very good point like when the power goes out if if you have a a power outage in your home it's it's kind of eerie and weird how quiet everything gets and you don't notice yeah you know? everything settles down very quickly yeah and it's also sort of relaxing in a way. Yeah. You know, stuff like that I can appreciate. I see that point 
very much. And you got to wonder, I mean, of course, humanity's been terrible to itself throughout history. But like, you know, these days you're always seeing somebody getting beaten, uh, beaten up or there's killings, there's murders, there's yeah. all this negativity and just disgusting shit. And it, I can see why something, uh, a statement like that would be uh, appealing to, to people. Yeah, it would be nice if you could stick a pin in the map and say this is where that's coming from. Right, right. Which is, you know, horrifyingly simplistic. And, and even, right. even, even if there was a giant, like, angry looking face and it said, evil research here, look out. You know, there, there, you, 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 that never works that way. You never get to say, oh, that's where the bad thing is. If we just shut that down, it's all rainbows and giggle town. Yeah. And boy, we're all trying to get to giggle town. Aren't we? Uh, I'm trying to get there right now. <laughs> so that's, that's what we got. That's Boom. what we're throwing there out there. Is. We're putting a cap on it. We that, strummed our harp as hard as we could for you. Yeah. Well, well, I'm, we we're putting a, a moratorium. I'm putting a moratorium on, on that pun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, LARP. Fuck. It's too easy, bro. I hadn't thought of it, but I was gonna. Too easy, bro. Feel, oh man, you you can't. Damn it, can't LARP. LARP. But that's that's what we got for you, information wise, mm-hmm. for uh, for Harp in a uh, a vast um, uh, heated ionospheric remote Alaskan yeah patch of uh, uh, Alaskan ground nutshell. Nice. Um, and now it's time to heat our own atmosphere. Yep, and see if we can get a little condensation to rain puns down on us. Puns down. <laughs> How should the order be? You go first, because you got it all worked out. Okay. Um, sometimes you uh, you get this this huge coven of witches. Now, usually it's you know just thirteen, but in this case, there's 180 witches. That's a lot of witches. That all stand in this rectangle. Damn, son. Where'd you get all them witches? And they all <laughs> they all raise their hands to the sky and, and uh, simultaneously chant a, a spell uh-huh. uh, to cast on their, their worst enemies. Uh-huh. And, you know, and they can they can affect them a massive swath of, of certain region, you mm-hmm. know, with this spell and it's it's a good idea not to piss them off if you're in this region because what they'll do is they'll cast a spell into the evil ionosphere. Oh, I got it. I got it. They'll be watching you. There is a portion of our Earth's atmosphere where uh, uh, it, it affects radio signals uh, commonly. It creates a lot of a lot of tough noise, a lot of feedback, a lot of static. But there are some people who actually really enjoy it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's tough because portions of this 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 part of the atmosphere that jumbles up signals, things get mixed up. You're not quite sure ever what you're hearing. Sometimes it sounds like an SOS. Mm. Um, you know, sometimes it sounds like an umbrella. Ella, Ella. Uh, it's the Rihanna sphere. Oh, is it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I had to look up Rihanna songs for that. I really? don't know any of her songs, <laughs> except for SOS. One. Except for SOS because that's actually pretty awesome, and it uses the uh, "Tainted Love" hook. Oh, it's a pretty good jam. What do you got? Well, I got one more. There was actually a program that was started because 
people who work on this sort of stuff, the the researchers who are in on it, a lot of them actually are are pretty cute for for the nerds they are. Mm-hmm. They're they're you know once you comb their hair, pretty um, them up, doll them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put some makeup on on some of them, and you know, some of the guys grow beards. They they're actually they're actually uh, uh, pretty cute and. Yet they were not getting any dates. Oh, tragedy! And they they were such nice people. They're like uh, girls next door, boys next door. You know, like like they're just the the right kind of people. They're well, they smart. Live, they're live, they're they're convenient. They live right next door. And but uh, but nobody was would would even talk to them. So the government began this uh, this program uh-huh. called Sharp. It was uh, the Say Hi to Attractive Adorable Researchers Project. Nice. I think I think I think all researchers would benefit from that. I think that you should just include that as a part of your day, guys. Yeah. Don't forget, stay cool, stay sharp. <laughs> I like that. You know, in the '90s, uh, in in 1994, a research facility was also opened in Alaska, in a remote area, um, and people wouldn't really care, you know, about it too much. The problem is they were doing a lot of testing on children. People would bring car loads, sometimes bus loads of kids in, and they would be exposed to reactive substances oh, no. to see what would happen. And, you know, the, at one point, um, the people running the experiment were uh, almost going to be indicted. They were getting a lot of pressure to stop, but they wouldn't do it because they believed in what they were doing. And they said, you know, only God can judge me. <laughs> and when they finally released the fruits of their labor, Everyone agreed that it was one of the greatest things they'd ever seen. That that project was called, uh, it was run by uh, Nickelodeon Labs. It was called FLARP. <laughs> FLARP, only God can judge me. Yeah. That's FLARP, only God can judge me. <laughs> Boy, them's puns. Them's is the puns. Now the only thing left is to uh, hyper excite you, our dear listeners, with our radio antennae. And see what signals you send to right. us. How are you going to control our minds? I want to know. We have a quake that's been caused by listeners. <laughs> All right, dear sweet listeners. Now whisper into our ears. Tell us your secrets so that may we be broadcast them across the internet for all to know. We're the world's worst secret keepers. Just like Harp. That's right. <laughs> Got a great email from Sam here. Hi, Sam. Sam says, hey, Daves. Hi. That's us. Hi. Says, great duo of, ep- of episodes for Alien Taxonomy. I know there is enough content here to dig all the way to the center of the hollow earth, but I hope that the Norse aliens are due for their own episode. Maybe. Beyond the fact that this series does not last forever, my only caveat is a slight error. May here it comes. Oh no! The monster in Plan Nine from Outer Space is our Tor Johnson, Bella Lugosi, and then obviously not Bella Lugosi and Vampira. The gorilla suit with the huge eye is from the perfectly titled Robot Monster. Man, I am. I really f-ed that one up, and I, I'm paying my debt tonight. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that we're starting off with Sam's brilliant email here, because you know what? His justice is tough, but, but fair. fair. It's tough, but, but fair. fair. I, I am surprised at, at the knowledge people have of. Yeah, uh, I know. I old... love it. I delight in that. That's exactly what I want. I want people who know 
their 50s and 60s sci-fi, and I respect yeah. it. Ordinarily, he'd let it slide, but this is a chance to hear me do the opening monologue from Plan 9 in the penalty bots. That is exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> Very nice. That is a, that is, that's the punishment fitting the crime. Yeah. And I respect it. I can't wait to do that. He also says, I'm sure I'm not the only person to point this out. You are correct. <laughs> Other people have noticed. And uh, fun side fact, the opening monologue, if you look it up on YouTube, which we did, was quote unquote performed by the amazing Chriswell, who was an actual psychic or as Sam says, at least he was a psychic in the same way that Ed Wood was a director. <laughs> says, thanks for the great overview on a subject crucial to the citizens of Terra. Thank you, Sam. Thank and you. you're absolutely right. That is when we're done with listener mail, I'm going into the pokey. That's, That's right. what I'm reading. Uh, Dave, we've heard from Vardra. Oh, really? That really, really, really. Oh, really? Uh, Vardra. Okay, then. We'll just just get with the reading, then. I don't have all day. (laughs) Vardra, listen to the Morgellons episode. Now she's scratching. Uh, Wanted to congratulate us on our treatment of the subject matter because we gave the sufferers sufferers of, of such diseases, the psychosomatic diseases, the sympathy they deserve. And it's especially impressive that all of that was done while still scratching the comedy itch. (laughs) <laughs> the fibers that come out of that are puns. <laughs> she actually uh, researched other instances of cryptopathology. Here's what she found. Oh, bring it. Uh, one disease has victims reporting scurvy symptoms, which then cannot be found on examination, along with a feeling of dread whenever anything remotely associated with the Philippines is encountered. Magellan's disease. <laughs> Another disease has patients exhibiting strangely intense desires for fruits in the gourd family that can become rather dangerous as patients often cannot contain this desire and gorge themselves on the fruit known colloquially as the more melons disease. Nice. Yeah, I thought I was that they were going to be gourd gorgers. Uh, that's what she's got. Thank you, oh, Vardra. Thank you, Vardra. Got a, uh, got a pun here. From Tyler. Tyler. Uh, A new exhibit is open in the Smithsonian Museum. In the late 90s, a series of caravans were rediscovered in eastern Kentucky. Mm. Oh. Oh. It appears as though these caves had been mined and subsequently settled in the early 1800s by a group of forward-thinking men before being closed off and forgotten thanks to a small landslide. These men mined the caverns with a strong interest in fossilized dinosaur remains. What made these men unusual, well, aside from being subterranean entirely... Uh, was their lack of slave labor. Instead, these men preferred to do their labor themselves with the the assistance of a few ladies of the night. Oh. While not only performing a service to the gentlemen after long days of hard work, the ladies also helped mine the caravan, uh, helped mine the caverns. I think I said caravans earlier, and I meant to say caverns. Oh. A series of caverns. Mm. As I said earlier, this display can now be viewed in the Smithsonian under the title, Hoes and Founders of the Turd Mines. (laughs) Jeez. You're uh, welcome. Uh, oh, Tyler. Well, Tyler. Wow, that is a that is a rich, heady, pungent pun. <laughs> I'm getting notes of Pete. Pete. Yeah. yeah. You getting that? A little mint. Yeah, some some mung. <laughs> oh, don't say mung ever. It's kind of rich mouthfeel. Please don't say mung. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Flora? I uh, heard from Taper. Just a just a quick note. Just a just a little just how you doing or 
yeah, it's it's just a uh, uh, how's your father? <laughs> Taper, Taper writes in with a, a massive missive. I'll grant you the mm-hmm. the mini version. He just finished up his degree in computer science. Well done, well done, sir. That that hat. should serve you well. Yeah, no sh. Um, so you, so you'll start donating more then because <laughs> you're going to be making money, <laughs> right? <laughs> Liked our coverage of Morgellons. Great. Wow, that was that was a popular one. Says he can uh, empathize with search for answers that goes on with um, stuff like that due to some uh, fibromyalgia that that uh, apparently he suffers from. And, uh, that's no fun. Yeah, and uh, and and likes how we handled the discussion. I'm glad uh, I'm glad we could do it justice for you. Um, he came across. Uh, he was talking about the the Holy Grail episode. Came across a paracast that the Chrononauts missed. Oh. <laughs> it's a show in which two gentlemen with Scottish accents discuss at length the, mis- the mysteries surrounding the larger of Mars' two moons, entitled Burrephobos. Burrephobos. I like that. I like that a lot. And actually has done a fair bit of thinking about um, alien contact, abductions, uh, how the, the the waves of those, the, the popularity of those seem to correspond to social and cultural patterns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, actually what lays out a very cool uh, thought thought process here going from the 60s all the way up up to to recently say in the six, 50s and 60s there's the Pleiadian model the tall blonde Nordics in the 60s and 70s they were more the grays that get, came through in the 80s they were walkman bearing men in yellow hazmat suits <laughs> I am Darth Vader <laughs> From the planet Vulcan. <laughs> and just, uh, he said, just thinking about, you know, stuff like that, which is, which is, uh, very cool. It's, I, I always like connecting, connecting the yeah, pins. I dig it. And, uh, he likes Jacques Vallée's hypothesis that UFO, uh, appearances and abductions of the same events reported in other times and places as cryptids, uh, fairy abductions and visions of gods and demons. It's kind of like, you know, yeah. today's fairies and demons, I think, are, are the alien abductions and, al- yep. and aliens. Sightings. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, a uh, lot, of, lot of good thought there, Taper. Glad yeah, we could. thank uh, you, Taper. Glad we could work that noodle for you. <laughs> <laughs> you worked as noodle? Come on. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> Let's see. We got one from Travis, who is, uh, he said he just recently started. So, welcome aboard, Travis. Hey, Travis. Hey, Travis. Hey, Travis. God, good to have you. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. Where are you going? Uh, he says, I uh, just recently started listening to your podcast about a week ago. Whew, are you ready for this, Flora? Oh. And I've enjoyed it so much, I've already blown through a good 70% of the episodes. Wow. In a week? In a week? <sighs> Pump the brakes, Travis. It's a marathon, not a sprint, brother. Eat at some point. It's going to hurt you. Oh, take, a, God. take a power bar or something. <laughs> uh, huge fan of crypto creatures, the unexplained folklore, and most importantly, humor. So, we are too. We are too. So yeah, that works out. He says, Blurry Photos has all these in spades. Uh, absolutely love the creative intros. Thank you very oh, much. thank you. Yeah. Uh, we, well, do, we put a lot of work into those. We, <laughs> we actually do. do put a lot of work and thought into those. And um, I appreciate uh, that. Uh, while most other podcasts like Monster Talk, Graylian Report, etc., uh, cover similar subjects with informative roundtable discussions are great, but their structure are usually uh, uh, and usually their content are completely devoid of any real fun or humor. See, we find that to be offensive, <laughs> offensive. So thank you very much. 
Uh, and his favorite episode so far was the yokai episode. The Sam Shreemy private eye made me laugh so hard I almost pissed my pants. Oh, wow. So close. We got to hit just a little harder. A little harder. <laughs> then you we'll might like that joke in this century. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, he's got a couple of cool things. Fun fact about Kappa's that surprise we left out is... <laughs> Uh, one of the few ways to ward them off is letting loose a nice butt muffin right in their face. <laughs> they detest flatulence, but ironically enough, we're well known for their love of sucking your intestines out through your ass. Yeah. Gross. But that's what they're into. I'm surprised they didn't get any flatulence from that. Yeah. Mm. Um, and so I think this week, someone else wrote this, wrote in about this, that they're very polite. And if you bow to a Kappa, they are bound to respectively bow back, causing the water mm-hmm. in their little head divot to come out and blam. I could have sworn I I included that, but I went back and listened. I didn't say it. Yeah. But we've had, we had, I think we had another listener write that in as well. But uh, uh, Travis is a huge fan of yokai and had some really great ideas for some future episodes. So we'll certainly be looking at those over because there are so many yokai. We we could revisit that and have a great episode. Probably. And I mean, well, we should find somebody who knows what they're talking about and talk to them about it. No, 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 no. Yes. No. Uh, so thank you so much, Travis, Thanks, and welcome Travis. aboard. I'm glad to have you with us. One more here, Dave. Uh-huh. Shout out to Todd X. Ooh, he's not Todd 1. And he's, he's not, not Todd, Todd two. 2. Get ready for 90 minutes of Todd X. <laughs> oh. Todd is stirring the German potato soup with this one. Um, likes the the new Bullstone, and he was actually wondering on a separate note if uh, if we could ask the ladies of Candy Chat to maybe have a show on international candies. Oh my! This is twice in a row now. Our listeners have stuck their thumb into the Christmas pie of our brains and pulled out the plum of our innermost thoughts. I love this analogy. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, I think that's from I, an old tick episode. I think I've had that rattling around in my head for a while. I uh, I do believe that the ladies can acquiesce to your request. Yeah, I think that I'm looking. I'm literally looking at some more international candy. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll begin to to that stuff uh, along with some big news for the ladies. So yeah, yeah, we'll things see. are things are going to go well for the ladies. So thanks, Todd. Yeah, thanks, Todd. X. Todd Tin. Oh, feel the burn. And that'll do it for listener mail for Indeed. this episode. Okay, so uh, donate button and, uh, you know. You brought it up to- yourself. You're not going to skirt it that I easily. No, it's always a fun thing to do is to pretend I'm dodging the bullet. Because remember how many times I've, I've pretended we're finishing it and you're like, yeah, okay, finish it up. And I'm like, <laughs> no. That's true. I actually no, have. I've been no. like, oh, yeah. no. Well, he's really speeding through <laughs> this. Okay, let, well, I guess I'll think of a name. All no. right. No. All right. It's time to pay my debt to society. Uh, this this one goes out not only to the hardworking people of Robot Monster, as an apology to the estate of Ed Wood and Plan 9 from Outer Space, and also, let's not forget uh, the fact that we forgot to properly thank and credit the erudite and intelligent Ken Height mm-hmm. for his, uh, his invaluable help on our podcast on an ongoing basis. <laughs> uh, this is true whenever we don't know what uh what we're talking about yeah we can sort that out with a quick email to ken height so 
Uh, and I'll take this opportunity to give him uh, another plug. Like, check out Ken and Robin talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. It is a great podcast. It talks about game theory, but also uh, if you enjoy Ken's encyclopedic knowledge of history, you're going to get a lot of that in this podcast. <laughs> it's a lot of fun to listen to. Uh, ch- check out his books, uh, Pellegrine Press. Uh, also, he's available at Osprey, uh, Osprey Press. And of course, the Dracula dossier. You. And I think I think before too much longer, we're, we're going to get to hear from him because I was just meeting with him, and I think he's got a, a good fun show idea. That so sweet. Got some Ken Hyde to look forward to. Pre- presuming he accepts this apology that that my <laughs> suffering enlightened uh, or that my, my suffering delights him significantly. So cool. All right. So without further ado, I shall be reading the uh, opening monologue to Plan 9 from Outer Space as performed by the amazing Chris Well. We're all ready here? I'm ready if you are. Are you in? Greetings, my friends. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. (laughs) And remember, my my friends... (laughs) The future events and such of these will affect you in the future. <laughs> you are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now you, for the, for the first time, <laughs> I, we are bringing you to the full, full story of what happened on that faithful day. <laughs> We are giving you all the evidence based only on the secret testimonies of the miserable souls who survived this terrifying ordeal. The incidents and the places, my friends, we can't can't keep these sisters a secret any longer. Shut up. Let us punish us the guilty. Oh, that, that fits. Let us punish the guilty. Let those. Let us reward the innocent. My friends, can your hearts stand the shocking facts about the grave robbers from outer space? Oh, oh, oh there, there, there you go. Oh, always amazing. That's doing hard time, son. <laughs> that's what that is i i think that i like could you even tell that i was in the penalty box i feel like i really skated through that one i was yawning a lot yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> although i was uh I, I forgot about the opening monologue what better way to set up uh as though it is as though it is like the last act of an svu you know <laughs> let us punish the guilty and reward the innocent <laughs> I don't even know who that refers to. <laughs> I, I'm I'm not with you at all. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> well, that's that's a great debt paid. Yeah, thank you. Um, everybody, you can go and 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 pay your debt to society by uh, doing uh, a number of things. Yeah, your penance can be as great simple as community service. Yeah, five five star review on iTunes. That'd be a great. Yeah, that, that'll that'll erase all your crimes. That's right. Uh, you you know if your crimes are particularly heinous, maybe you like us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you Got follow a misdemeanor. Us, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, maybe you know I don't know. You are just the worst person on earth. That's going to require the donation button. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you you're the worst person, but you didn't mean to be. Yeah, that 
you can just go to audibletrial.com slash blurry photos and yeah. pick up a, you know, free audiobook for yourself. You know, actually, uh, I just had a long road trip not too long ago and I picked up um, One Summer America 1927 by Bill Bryson. Uh, he reads it himself. Fascinating. What a cool book about everything that was happening around the world. Like, it seems like everything was happening in 1927. Hmm. Um, Babe Ruth's hitting the home run record. Lindbergh crosses the Atlantic. Uh, I mean, there's so... Docs are on the rise. Yeah. Well, they, actually, the, the, the meeting of international bankers that precipitated the Wall Street crash happens in the summer of 1927. Uh, it, it's, it, there's so many amazing stories that are all happening at this one time. And he researches, you know, all the history that leads up to them. And uh, wow. it's, it's just great. It's really fascinating. Uh, so by all means, check it out. Yeah. Bill Bryson. Uh, that was a great audio book that I got from audible.com. Sweet. And don't forget to uh, give some love to the Chicago podcast. Co-op. Don't ever forget about them. They, they keep our engines uh, running mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, sufficiently lubed to fire the pistons. Oh, yeah. They are, they're an excellent, excellent lubricant. If you want uh, uh, another podcast to check out from, to get from greased our up fine, with. Yeah. Rub, uh, rub this all over your undercarriage. <laughs> our fine brothers and sisters in the co-op. Check out uh, your stories. Yeah. Part of the Nerdalogs. You've been a part of that, Flora. You've, I, you've told your story. I, I have. Yeah, I, I was. I went way too long. I felt so terrible afterwards. Well, you should feel terrible. You dicked me over. You only signed yourself up for it. Oh yeah, I I didn't I didn't know. I thought <laughs> I thought we could both. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I now I know. <laughs> now I know what what it is. What's even going on? But your stories is a, a biweekly uh, live show turned podcast, completely created by uh, the audience. Yeah. that is there in attendance, and and they prompt storytellers with a theme and then the storytellers craft a story or or do whatever mm-hmm. they want basically and um tons know, of fun good good times and sue we we heard a lot of fun stories yeah from people i told the story of uh the dia trip yep the dragon con going Your to harrowing to bus ride and, to atlanta um, yeah and the murals and all that stuff but I felt like I should have done. I feel. I felt like I should have just talked about DIA. That's what people seemed the most interested in. Well, you know, that's why we go back. You can try different things. So, check those guys out. Yeah, um, ton of fun. Really, really great people and great stories. Also, real quick, now that I'm uh, thinking about it, we're now that we're on the subject. Check out uh, our our old friend Drunk Satan Robots uh, new podcast. Yes. Uh, people's guide to the cthulhu mythos yeah that's a ton of uh, it, uh, first of all if you have uh checked out our facebook page or our twitter feed you've seen the amazing work that drunk satan robot does uh and so imagine an acoustic version of that same high quality craftsmanship that's right all about uh, uh mr lovecraft's mm-hmm. works and, and all that fun stuff yeah check check that out uh, we're going to be seeing some uh art of of mr satan robot's on, yeah. on a t-shirt soon that's right as as we're going to see all the other art that's on t-shirts soon toot, and, toot. And anyways yeah let's let's stop talking and let you go that's that's it for this episode of blurry photos yeah i have been david high fluorquency active a rural research project Shoo. that's a mouthful you're a mouthful do right love too right and I've been Dave the Mouthful Stecco. <laughs> Anybody.